Hello, and welcome back to Tyshar Manetherin, a Wheel of Time podcast. I'm Sam. I'm Will. We are back. It's 2021. I've written wow. 2020 so many times. Already. Yes. Which you would think of all the years that we would all get over that tendency to, you know, it's it's right. like this would be the one because, we, you been... know, it feels like it's uh, December 37th, 2020. And I just, I, you know, it's, it's what it You're is. just kind of stuck there. Yeah. Stuck I mean, we, man, yeah, yeah, we're uh, I've seen memes that say stuff like, you know, oh, well, here's to 2022. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, I, I just, you know, I know we're a Wheel of Time podcast. I think I got to address the elephant in the room. OK, uh, what is up with the polar vortex? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I've been, I was reading today that the polar vortex, I don't know, it imploded or it, it broke. I, something happened. It's going to be cold. Um, but I had previously read that La Nina was going to make it a warm winter. So it seems like it sounds like backyard wrestling, like La Nina versus the polar vortex, you know. So yeah, that was definitely the the that was definitely the elephant I thought you were talking about. <laughs> right. It, it's been a slow week for news. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I was as I was, you know, writing up my notes for today, I was like avoiding making some joke about, right. you know, storming the palace at Camelin <laughs> or something. Right. Right. You wouldn't because, want to joke about insurrection today. Yeah. Yeah. Poor taste, perhaps. Probably. I don't know. But we're here to talk about wheel of time yeah <laughs> <laughs> not the polar vortex or camelin insurrections so on that note this is a show update ladies and gentlemen so we are um, we are going to discuss the television show that will appear on our television screens at some point in the future we hope yes we really, we really do hope <laughs> <laughs> On that note, as it is a television show discussion, we are a spoiler zone. Spoilers are completely on the table and will be discussed in depth. All the spoilers. Darth Vader is Luke's father, etc., etc., etc. So consider yourself warned. And if you are not through reading any books at all, check back in with us when we revisit Eye of the World <laughs> next week. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I'm actually I am looking forward to that. I know. And, and I, I totally understand, Sam, you were saying, you know, it's kind of hard to get motivated to. It is. You know, I started reading. So I'm I'm going to be doing like some of the middle chapters. And I started reading chapter 13 and it was sort of wacky fun. You know, we've been doing the this log books. And so it's fun to go back and like, here's the part where Rand meets men and thinks she looks like a boy. <laughs> it's like, OK, I'm kind of into this. This is fun. So right. It'll be, it'll be a good time. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. So, yes, yes. Uh, I do feel like as we are progressing towards the show, it reminds me of all the many times that I've been driving into or through Atlanta and wherever I'm going, the amount of, of time my, my GPS is telling me doesn't change no matter how far yes, I go. True, it, true. It's, that's the way it feels. It's like you can't get more like uh, there's been so many times I've been going someplace in Atlanta and it was like, OK, it'll take me an hour to get there. And then half an hour later it's like okay you still got an hour to go that's <laughs> right you're just i was just trying to go to waffle house down the road man right exactly <laughs> um that's uh that's the way it feels it's like we just we're, we're progressing and we're like okay getting closer getting closer all right you still the key is to use apple maps and it generally is it's refreshingly pessimistic google maps is always like you might be there in 20 minutes and then like five minutes later 35 minutes 35 minutes or still 20 minutes whereas apple maps is like at the start is like i don't know man an hour 15 
And then sure <laughs> enough, it's around an hour and 15. <laughs> right. It's like, I don't know if it's because Apple Maps are just awful or they're just like, and they're just like compensating for that by being as pessimistic as possible. But I've found that generally my expectations are not too high when I use Apple Maps. It does feel like there needs to be an understanding that somewhere in this, a space-time continuum rip is going to happen and you're going to lose <laughs> right. at least 45 minutes of your life. And be yeah, like, like Google is like, we reserve the right to re revise our estimate on the fly and you don't get a say in that. It's just going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it should. Anytime you plug it in a destination near Atlanta or where you have to drive through Atlanta, it should just say IDK. Yeah, pretty shrug, much. Yeah. Shrug emoji. Like, just a black hole for your uh, estimated time of arrival. That's your, right. you're going to go into a black hole and we don't know what's going to happen because we've never been in a black hole before, but you're going to Atlanta. <laughs> so enjoy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Enough about, enough of the uh, uh, Georgia native uh, joking. Um, well, you know, it has to use Apple maps to get to the eye of the world. I mean, it's you know, true. It's, there. it's in the book. Spoiler, yeah. spoiler alert. <laughs> we already we already did the spoiler alert, know, so right? we can talk about We're the good. Apple Maps scene. All right, so uh, starting us off with some unofficial news, <laughs> we got various Instagram posts. Every now and then people will post things like, oh, you know, Alexander William posted this or Yosha posted this, and it doesn't tell us anything, but they're like, oh, it was, they mentioned that they're filming. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever uh, and it's like kind of good i mean the, the fact that they're filming <laughs> well but the thing is they don't actually say they're filming they say like hashtag wot and that's it you know uh, <laughs> like man and and the bottom line is they're not filming we're pretty sure because they you know yeah, kind of right right on us a couple of months ago there it's it's pretty clear they're just posting old photos and um none of these are really giving us any new information there was the the one that Alexander, Alexandre, I don't know. I'll, I'll be curious to hear how he pronounces his name. Tom, he posted... <laughs> He posted one and it was just mildly humorous because it he like in the background, there was a sign that said like no social media or photos or, or something like that. And it had uh, a Wheel of Time logo. But that was it. it, right, it didn't, right. That was the extent of it. Priyanka Bose, who will be playing Alana, was asked on social media if she knows yet when the show will be premiering. And she said, you'll know soon. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Many are taking this as some kind of confirmation that will get a premiere date. Given the way Priyanka posts things, I would take it with a grain of salt. She tends to be a little kind of overstating of things. She was the one that like posted the picture of her script revealing the title when she didn't have permission to. Oh, so right, right, right. I, I don't know if she totally understands how a rabid the fans are for any little anything. Give us yeah. A anyway, it's it's crazy to think a little little sad and frustrating but if it weren't for this pandemic we might be watching the show this month oh man <laughs> like fair, I mean, fair point don't know that for sure but i mean Seems a lot of people certainly possible yeah yeah speculated that it would would have been this month that it would have premiered um Dang. it's just yeah just just crazy to think but that's how nuts you know i i feel like it's taken me almost a year but i think i've accepted that the pandemic is not going to be over this past summer yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah fair enough <laughs> um and you know that's just that we all have to deal with that right, I think, right in our right. own we in had, our own time we had a different idea of how things would go 
and <laughs> it hasn't gone that way in June 2020. <laughs> we mentioned this last month, but as uh, as it sits, the last word we got on when they all finish up filming was from the company that handles hiring extras, and they say it won't be until April. I wondered if that wasn't based off of something that the Czech Republic has released about their vaccine rollout plan. Oh, yeah. I tried to research that and I'm actually it actually bummed me out because um, <laughs> the, uh, they, they are they're not doing great right now over there. Yeah, I'm sure. And the cases have really had a surge in the last month. You know, the good news is that they've gone ahead and ordered enough vaccines to cover um, almost their entire population. Right on. Unlike some countries I know of. <laughs> or even states. <laughs> right. But the bad news is that, you know, they're, they've only been able to administer about 20,000 so far, and they're only expected to administer another 20,000 by the end of this month. And uh, which I'm kind of like, you know, all, you know, the UK has already had millions and I mean, what are they? They're not making Wheel of Time. You know, come on. <laughs> right. <laughs> get get your priorities straight over there, Europe. You know, hopefully, though, uh, I'm, I'm thinking if, if they're able to ramp it up, in theory, as more and more vaccines get rolled out, we should see the numbers begin to flatten out. Right. That's, um, that's the dream. Right. And so even if it's not like everybody's vaccinated, if there's a significant enough portion of the population that that's inoculated to the virus, you know, then hopefully that'll help stabilize things. But honestly, I don't know, man. I mean, yeah, 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 right. <laughs> the, the, the like I said, they're they're I was looking at their numbers and they're like they're they're competing with uh with some states over here oh and, really oh wow. yeah. that's 20 states <laughs> yeah well i mean there and it's a pretty small country that's the thing like you know right 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 but uh anyway yeah so yeah a little bit happier news you know, and madeline madden Gwen herself shared some photos on her instagram i'm gonna try to remember to add this link to the description in the podcast so if you're uh, listening to us you should be able to go to the description and click the link and uh, or if you're on youtube you can click down in the doobly-doo it should be there and uh, this was all pre-COVID. Also, right. side note, it looks like they were like film photographs. So she was she was taking like some film photography, old school. Anyway, they're kind of interesting. A couple of shots of Kay Alexander, yeah. whose hair is cut even more more like the men Farshaw that I think we all expect mm -hmm. to see. Yep. And um, pretty cool. This seems to make it likely that we're going to see men in the first few episodes because this would have had to have been during like the first. Yeah. yeah. Um, first, at least three episodes. Makes sense. Um, and yeah. Right. It's just kind of interesting because we we hadn't her casting hadn't even been revealed back then. And so I think I was one that was kind of almost thinking, well, I could see them pushing her to the second season even. Right. But. I'll be curious to see if they kind of expand her role any um, to hmm. kind of just. Yeah, at first she is just kind of have like some throwaway lines, like kind of almost a cameo early on there. It's a fair point. And another small but exciting detail out of these photos is that one of them seems to show Zoe Robbins with braids in her hair. There's another one in the same set of photos that has has her without any braids and her hair's all poofed out as happens if you have had braids in your hair and remove them right makes me wonder if 
this the braided picture is the way Nynaeve's hair is going to look for the show. Purists will be upset if this proves to be the case, however, as uh, it is multiple braids instead of one big one. Uh -huh. You know, me personally, I can handle the change as long as they're tuggable. <laughs> that is an essential detail. I noticed that Madeline Madden is also in Ark, the animated series in which she uh, uh, has a bow and arrow and is riding on the back of a dinosaur. There's a, there's a photo of that also in her Instagram. Very, very much on topic. You know, there's some dinosaur riding that happens. In sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In fact, um, you know, maybe that's that might be one of the changes that Rafe is going to talk about in the Q&A. Right. The last be... episode will be animated. <laughs> <laughs> or they could pull a uh, Smallville and just have it, you know, just be a comic a book. A comic book. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, please yeah. don't do that. <laughs> there's don't already do that, a yeah. there's already a comic book of Eye of the World. I haven't read it. Right, it's basically Eye of the World. Um, right. That I you know that that fits expectations. Watchseries.com reports a rumor of a scene not shown in the books that involves the women's circle and some sort of initiation rite, maybe? I don't know. The evidence seems a little suspect to me and the details are sketchy. But since we're talking about changes from the book today, or we will be here in a second, um, I thought I'd go ahead and throw it up there. Again, this link should be in the description. All right. Uh, they say the scene involves caves and jumping from cliffs. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. And uh, yeah, there's the not a lot of jumping in Wheel yeah, of Time. <laughs> not, not a whole lot. I mean, I don't know. Hard, and we'll, we'll see what happens. And then um, the article points to a part of one of the leaked Egwene audition scenes, um, which, as I've said before, probably doesn't mean anything. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, they're just wildly speculating. Right. Just like grasping at straws. Rarely do audition scenes actually reflect anything in the actual script precisely because they're almost always leaked. <laughs> and because, I mean, it's just they're they're handed out to so many people. So yeah, you love it when a uh, an article says perhaps the show decided. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's always a good start. Yeah, I, I almost didn't include this because it does seem to largely be it's a rumor. It's fun. It's interesting. It's interesting. There, the the most concrete thing is that there have been some photos taken that seem to show a group of women in costume by a river that was back in October of 2019. Ah, October <laughs> a different time. October of 2019, mm -hmm. when groups of people could gather and not worry about killing anyone accidentally. And if you wore a mask, you're like what? What are you doing? Yeah. Why, why, why are you doing that? <laughs> yeah, that's when you're a weirdo. Uh, simpler time. Uh, yeah, I, I one of the main reasons why I wanted to bring this one up is because it would be an added scene potentially that would represent the kind of the departures from the book, which is kind of sure. it's a little bit, I think, the theme of this episode or at least the theme of what we're going to be talking about from Rafe's Q&A here in a second. So that actually segues into our official news. Aha. Uh -huh. First, another mini teaser trailer. If you haven't seen seen it yet, it's all on the What on Prime uh, accounts, Twitter and Instagram and everywhere. They saw it fit to drop a few more crumbs from the dinner table um, down <laughs> down to us. This one gives us two little things. Um, one, we get to hear the first line from Alexandre William um, as Tom, uh, which is exciting. If you have, have you seen it, Sam? Did you get to watch it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just hearing that. That's pretty of, cool. That's fun. Yeah, of, of the little bits we've gotten that I, I don't know. I found myself getting I got a little more excited about 
hearing that line than I, I had some of the other stuff we'd gotten so far. It felt felt more like, yeah, this is Wheel of Time right here. For sure. Um, but the other bit of information we get out of this is kind of sort of not really huge change that Tom will not be playing the harp, but rather <gasps> the guitar. <laughs> I guess it was easier to find someone who could play the guitar, maybe. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Just call it, and, a, call it a lute and we'll be good. Right. I, I accidentally referred to, I said, instead of a lute on, on, I think, our Instagram page, and somebody corrected me. I thought it was a harp. I was like, oh, yeah, my bad. Yeah. Yes, it was a harp. Um, it will be a guitar. And actually, uh, Rafe addresses this specifically in his Q&A, which uh, I guess we'll get into here. It's, uh, you know, so Rafe did another Q&A, this Rock time on, on in- Instagram, specifically talking about changes to the Wheel of Time. Uh, so here cool. comes I don't the- think I like I haven't read this. So this is cool news to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So like, like I said, like, here comes the pain. This is uh, all right. All right. Cool. Some some of these are like they tend to be more of the softball kind of answers or questions or whatever that he's answering because he's not going to get too specific at this point. Sure. Uh, sure. But uh, anyway, Sam, I'll let you read the. All right. So the question, who's the most significant season one character you invented for the show? Uh, there's no one fully invented. Anyone new is either a character pulled from somewhere in the series and changed or a composite of group or of groups or types of characters personified in one of this individual other than Steve, obviously. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I I still love that. He is, (laughs) that they've still hanging hanging on on to that. that. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's fun. I, you Uh, know, as a, as a concept, I know this is, that's a very vague answer. Uh, I'm okay with the fact that like the MCU did, has done this liberally, you know, they've like, you know, made composite characters left and right. And it's ended up, it's kind of funny because you even end up like cross pollinating back to comic books with like the, the better versions of these characters. And so obviously we're not going to go back and rewrite real time books, but right. that I think that can be okay. I mean, you, you see, I think of like Harry Potter did that some, and right. it's not necessarily a bad thing as long as it's not too just flagrantly obvious. And as long as Steve isn't, you know, Rand. <laughs> his, his name's Steve, guys. His name is Steve. Yeah, that's that's the <laughs> only difference. Awful name. <laughs> that's the only difference is that Rand is named Steve. Steve Althor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, we've said this a, a billion times. Just that, I mean, there are so many characters, so many named yeah, characters, thousands, literally thousands, in this in in these books, and so you're going to have to do some some combining sure. but also kind of your your Emmonsfield five plus you know five or six more that are kind of all kind of principal slash lead characters and then you have kind of that second tier that is enormous yeah of of like you know secondary characters and, villains and then and, yeah right oh yeah 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 getting into the yeah the villains and then Man, tertiary characters. Once you get into like that that third tier, then mm-hmm. there are so many that people that have more than just a, a mention and have you know appear in multiple scenes, but are not 
really all that memorable. Right. And so, yeah, it just makes sense. You got to combine some of those. And I, I, I'm sure that there are people who are going to be upset that they're the random character that they attach themselves to at some point doesn't show up in this thing um there would probably be more people upset if the show adapted the the books exactly as the books are it it wouldn't be successful i think is safe to say i mean you wouldn't be able to create a compelling show that was a, a thought for thought remake of you know books that take in some cases 40 hours to read a piece <laughs> that's true if, if you're doing the audiobooks anyway that would be uh, quite an undertaking um so um next question how difficult was it to change or leave out characters from the books for screen adaptation and Rafe says, sometimes very difficult, obviously. People who drive the story or shed light on our characters' backstories or the world of the show always will be more likely to make an appearance. But some people are there in glimpses or subtle nods just for our enjoyment. Some examples were named as characters and given things, looks from the books. So keep your eyes peeled. That I'm looking forward to because... And, and it's kind of really the follow up to the previous question. Like you're going to have there. there's, of course, no way you can have all of these characters in there, but they're adding such attention to kind of these background characters that maybe an extra has, you know, uh, a dress that's slashed with green sure, you know, sure, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, and if you're actually reading along from you know, the the chapter that is kind of being adapted, then you're like, oh, that's so-and-so, the innkeeper's wife who said this in the book, but, you know, or whatever. And that's the kind of thing that'll be fun for us as fans of the book, particularly people that really love to dissect things. You're going to... I think that's so-and-so, yeah. Right, and you get to do that. And yeah, that's true. That'll be fun. I, I, I just keep coming back to it as long as he... I'm glad... I think my main thought here is I'm glad that it's not Zack Snyder adapting to the time. <laughs> I keep thinking back to Jimmy Olsen who got shot in the face by a terrorist and Zack Snyder's like, oh yeah, it was fun. We got to include him. Like, you shot no. Jimmy Olsen in the face, man. Yeah. You don't get to shoot Jimmy Olsen <laughs> no. in the face. No, that's that's not an okay cameo. Um, yeah. Not an okay shout out. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this question was submitted by Sarah Nakamura, the super fan. Uh, who was hired to be the lore expert on set. The question from Sarah, who is also involved in the show, I suppose is the main point here. Yeah. Uh, How many times did I, Sarah, give you blank stares when discussing possible changes? Answer. This one is obviously from Sarah N. There are moments when a thrilled room full of writers would go, we've cracked it. It's amazing. But can insert book canon person place thing be insert non-canon idea instead and sarah's resounding withering stare would tell us to go back to the drawing board r.i.p parent talk parent talking to a bear <laughs> what <laughs> I, I do one i do want to see that two please do not put this in this tv show <laughs> yeah i kind of want them to do like a completely non part of the show thing where they they just you know get a few members of the cast together just to shoot a scene just to have Taryn just have a cold open like the office you know right right (laughs) talking to a bear and he's sitting in an office and he's drinking coffee and the bear is sitting across from him also drinking coffee right I don't know you know what it it should be uh, it should be Bobo from the Muppets the (laughs) There you go. Well, hey there, Perrin. How's it going? I I laughed when I first read that that idea. I could totally see like 
writers kind of coming to that conclusion. Like, like sure, parent can talk to all animals. Why not? Right. And and I but I actually totally support Sarah Nakamura and mm-hmm. being like holding the nah. line like no. Not a yeah. bear, a wolf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only wolves. Yeah. yeah. I I like the picture of her just kind of staring. I can imagine her kind of being like, I mean, you can do that. <laughs> um, I, I will not support it or sanction right. it. Yeah. I, you know, I get it. They have a room full of writers. They're getting creative. The juices are flowing. No, do not do that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but I, I good call, Sarah. Yeah. Hold the line. And it does make me feel better about like potential changes not being too outlandish. Yeah, um, there's somebody there that's like, hold on, let's throw some cold <laughs> water on that idea. <laughs> right, exactly. And the fact that they seem to be listening to her. Yeah, um, yeah that's good. Uh, the next question in the books, we always enter the story on the wind. Will that be a convention we see a lot? And uh, Rafe says we've tackled the wind in the pilot in what I think at least is an unexpected but rewarding way. Excited to see what you think of it. Um, mm. And I, you know, I'm I'm curious to to see what we think of it too. Uh, this is one of those non-answers like, yes, it's in there, but it's not the way you think. And I'm curious to see what you think of it. Like <laughs> us too, Rafe. <laughs> <laughs> Show us then, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I mean, that that would actually be a really great teaser is sure, just sure. whatever win. moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that he's talking about. Just um, a teaser of any kind really would be. Right, yeah, fine. my goodness. Actual footage from the set, production footage that's, you know, not just random stuff with with like real music from it. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> right. Real music from the show. That'd be nice. Ooh, yeah. Question. Do you have to change character personalities for a screen ad- adaptation? Adoption. Uh, answer. We try not to. Most of our job is about making sure that we create a story and scenes that can tell the audience about character motivations and why they're doing something they're doing when we can't just drop into their heads and say it like you can in the book. This often results in some of the biggest changes, but they're ultimately put in put in to make sure that the character on screen is emotion is as emotionally true as possible. Yeah, you that's gotta, one. Of, you you got to do that. Yeah, that's one of those things that is it, it's always part of any you know screen adaptation is is you have to you have to show the motivation. Right. Um, and so sometimes when you can't show the motivation, you kind of have to tweak it a little bit to make it seem you know plausible. You know, you can't slowly show somebody coming to some realization. Sometimes you can. I think of the scene in the Godfather where uh, Michael Corleone is sitting there right before he shoots the two dudes. And if you want to see like a masterclass and a guy making a decision on screen, Hmm. It's it's a great moment. Um, yeah, I agree with that. And uh, but in general, that's hard. I mean, like it takes a um, Oscar caliber actor to pull it off in a way that makes real sense. Right. And so it's not too subtle or just doesn't it just kind of right. flies over somebody's head. Right. And so, you you know, you do have to occasionally and, and especially for your average TV audience, you, you know, you got to telegraph things sometimes to mm-hmm. be like this is what I'm feeling. And when in, in the book, the character may never have said that. Right. And, right. Uh, next question. Uh, were there any changes in earlier drafts of scripts that were scrapped in the final version? And Rafe said, yes, tons. Uh, we're never afraid to try something and see if it works, but 
then that also has to go through Sarah and me. He says, I drive the writers crazy, uh, as crazy as anyone sticking to the books. It also goes to uh, Brandon Sanderson, Harriet McDougall, which is RJ's wife, and Maria Simons, who I wasn't familiar with, but I looked at hmm. apparently she was uh, an assistant editor for Team Jordan. He says those folks have been huge helps in checking us and helping us to go back to the drawing board on changes or many times saying that works and giving us permission to release it uh, hmm. to release a tiny, tiny sigh of relief. So well, that's good. That's good that it goes through like the gauntlet of people. <laughs> right. Uh, I would just wonder how often they've like would have said no. And, you know, Rafe or someone was like, we're going to do it anyway. I don't exactly. know. Exactly. That's yeah. the question, really. Because, of course, famously, Brandon said kind of early on that while, you know, largely he's very excited about it, he was honest enough to say there's a few changes I'm not sure about. Sure, sure. So, I mean, what that means is Brandon probably said, hey, I'm not sure about these. Um, and uh, clearly they, they, you know, they kind of moved ahead with them. And so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, and I mean, Sanderson himself made the point that you want the adaptation to kind of have a soul of its own. Um, and I have mentioned this a few times, but I think it's a good a good way of putting it is the the difference between like the Lord of the Rings movies that had changes and kind of felt like their own thing, but still felt very much like the books. Right. Um, and the versus, Hobbit. you know, oh, yeah, man, my, the Hobbit is kind of an example of like one end of the spectrum of going like so far off the map that it's unrecognizable. Yeah. And, and um, he actually gave the example of the first couple of Harry Potter movies uh. where it's like they felt so just close to the books that it was like, you know, I could have just read the books. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah for sure. And and the, it would have been better. It just didn't offer anything that was kind of different enough that it felt hmm. like. Interesting. Uh, or that's uh, Next question. You. Yep. Question. Are there some major characters that appear in the first book that won't appear in the first season? Answer, yes, and some of them are still slated to appear in later seasons. Again, approaching the adaptation of the series, not just each book individually. A few of these characters I bet you already expect this for, and one at least I think will surprise you. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I, my, my theory, and I mean, at this point, I feel like it's less and less of a theory just because we haven't gotten a, any word about I think the casting. I know what you're going to say here, yeah. Is that it's Elaine. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I'm like trying to think, are there any other major characters at this yeah, point? Yeah, it's like it's like weird or like, are they it's almost like, are they not going to go to Camelin? Right. Could they get away with not going to Camelin? Yeah, they, it seems like they and go later. I, yeah, I, I guess they could. Uh, and like, oh, they just go straight to Shinar or, you know, and the Borderlands. I, right. I would say so, except uh, it, it seems like the some of the locations that they've chosen you know in, include a palace and sure. you know, that. which would it'd be weird if they did go to Camelin and did not see Elaine unless they just didn't introduce her till the White Tower, you know? Like yeah. something like that, I guess is possible. 
I could see them pulling she that pops off. back up when Egwene and Nynaeve go to the White Tower. I guess that's, I mean, because it is just sort of like a bit of a cameo, like her just a meet cute with Rand, you know? Right. Kind of thing. Yeah. Like in the garden, he falls over the wall. And All right, exactly. I can see I mean, that. That'd be fine, I guess. We know, we know we're getting Elida, so presumably that could still yeah, be. Yeah, you could still doing. have this scene with more gays and just like Elaine has already gone to the White Tower, maybe. Yeah. Uh, sure. Right. I could I could see that. I don't have a um, dog in that fight. Yeah, I'm, I'm OK mm, with that either way. We still don't have a more gaze, though. Um, Touché. We, we need, you know, it, yeah, that would be a, like we would have to have a more gaze for any of that to work. <laughs> yeah, 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 obviously. Yeah. I mean, that was that was the thing. It's like I think if you if you go to Camelin, you could possibly do without Elaine and therefore you would also do without uh, Gowan and Galad. But, you know, that's not a huge deal. And uh and, but you have to have more gays. <laughs> I think yep. I think at that point, because that's your that's your little scrap you get instead of um, meeting Elaine. And right, right. And she would mention her daughter or something at that point. Uh, anyway, next question. Um, have there been any major locations or cities you've had to cut for budget or time or logistics? And uh, Rafe says, this is perhaps the biggest source of changes for us. Even with the massive amount of money Amazon has kindly given to us to bring the world to life, to go to as many unique cities, villages, locations as they do in the books is simply impossible. Uh, we've chosen to do a few places extremely well, both culturally and with production design, instead of doing dozens of places cheaply and badly. This results in many changes that have huge ripple effects. If you can't go to Barillon, do you meet men? Do you still encounter the White Cloaks? Do you still have dreams of Baelzaman, etc.? I'm betting that most of the things that will feel the most unnecessarily changed to people from the books, even if they're hugely separated from that specific location, will be born out of a location specific change. Bro, you threw out a lot of hypotheticals there. Yeah. <laughs> Are those just hypotheticals or did you actually do that? I, obviously, we we have men. So, right. Yeah. We, we know answer to one of those questions. Right. And so I mean, we know the answer to another one because the white cloaks have been in one of those like back behind the scenes uh, right. leaked photos with the the wolf jumping on them so yes yeah we've we've gotten a fair amount about white cloaks so it's uh, we're gonna get white cloaks in season one for sure it's just uh the question of like barrelon is actually a pretty good example i think that he pulls up of sure one you could totally take out as right. a location right. they're going to omaha instead yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man Oh, they don't don't send him to Omaha. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would that'd be a bad idea. Yeah, um, pretty objectively a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you know, but it, it's an example of like the place is not all that important because we don't really return to Barillon. And uh, other than like the one thing that I feel like you get out of Barillon, which I don't know if there's a good way to have this show on screen. Um, it, to me, the, the main thing I remember is Barillon, which is not a big city, is the first it's real city come to town, really. Right. Yeah. yeah. It is the first real city that any of the Emmons Field folk have been to. And yeah. and it it's kind of impressed upon us kind of later that, oh, Camelin and some of these other cities they they go to are actually much larger than Barillon. But the first time they see Barillon, it feels very large and bustling. And to them, 
that's really the only thing. And I don't even know if you could communicate that on on screen. Well, any of those things could take place at different places along the way. Obviously, I mean, I think most of us would agree that it's better to do the main locations well than to do a bunch of shoddy sets. I agree with that. I'll be curious to see like villages if they do like, you know, you remember the the Sam Raimi shows in the 90s, Xena, Warrior Princess and and Hercules. Mm -hmm. Right. How, you know, like they there were villages all the time. They just throw up a bunch of the same set pieces. Just Um, mix it up a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. And and like you could totally do that with with like villages. Barillon is a good example of that's going to that would take more than just throwing up a few kind of ramshackle that truth cottages kind of things and then that truth cottages <laughs> i was thinking of trogdor oh trogdor burning the countryside burning all the people <laughs> i over uh christmas i showed some of my nieces and nephews homestar runner because i was like what was i watching when i was their age right. and <laughs> And I pulled this up and they're like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm like, well, you see, and I realized, time. <laughs> well, and, and one of the mind blowing things is, of course, Flash. Flash has just, been declared dead. Yeah. Yes. Just they just killed it. They actually added a, a an update that erases it for you. Right. And um, because it's only considered to be a security risk now. And. That, that is just mind blowing. It is, man. Anybody Flash like our like age eating the world back then. Yeah. Every, Steve every Jobs game killed it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Killed it with the iPhone. Really? It sure did. Um, but anyway, it was, it was, uh, again, it was a simpler time. You didn't have to wear masks back then. Um, <laughs> true story. All right. Question. Do you attempt to keep book dialogue or start from scratch? Answer. Every writer receives a document when they begin their script put together by our book expert, Sarah, that breaks down every scene in the episode and gives specific dialogue and scene references from the books for it. Especially for scenes that aren't from the books at all, we will find scenes from the books with the same characters together or talking about the same things thematically. That said, predictably, almost all the dialogue in the show is not from the books, so as to sound as natural as possible with our locations, actors, scenes as they're played. Okay. Yeah, okay. I get that too. Yeah. I mean, as long as it sounds right. Yeah, yeah. No one's going to go like look for passages and I mean, someone will. We will someone not. Someone will. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, there's a handful of lines that I think we're expecting to hear. You know, I mean, you got to have things like the the wheel weaves as the wheel wills mm-hmm. in there. Yeah. Those those kinds of things, but lifting the exact phrase it i don't know the it's not like the dialogue is particularly poetic like with tolkien it to me it was it was fairly important that they lift as much of the dialogue as possible with you on that that's that's not the style of writing that rj does Mm. it's um it's a little more utilitarian i think and so yeah it kind of makes sense and as long as it feels right for the scene i mean i again you know we're, we've talked about it several times but the hobbit kind of love to hate on the hobbit a little bit no, yeah. um the in the third movie there's a scene where one of the dwarves said you go that way i got this <laughs> and <laughs> yeah totally a tolkien specific phrase there right <laughs> yo homie i got this <laughs> exactly i mean 
you know, my dad, even who's not like a huge fantasy nerd or anything, was like, that doesn't sound <laughs> like <laughs> a line that yeah, Tolkien would have written. Ad living, hopefully. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It was just odd to. Yeah, I got I got this <laughs> dog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> OK, so uh, th this next uh, answer to this question has been edited to maintain the safer work nature of our podcast, though. It was kind of funny with the uh, vulgar language. So the question was, how far through the series did you consider when making changes in terms of repercussions? And he says, we have to consider it for the entire series, which has led to many in-room conversations slash screaming matches where someone is like, the, the yellow sister healing someone in this scene cannot be Chesmal Emery. Are you kidding me? You know anything about Chesmal Emery? What did you just Google some random yellow sister name and pick one you like? Screw you and your yellow sister. It's not going to be Chesmal Emery. I guarantee you that. Oh, man, I'm picturing the more crude version of this. And it's just great. I haven't even read this, but I'm just putting all the right four letter words in all the places and I am loving it. I love it. <laughs> it it was it's it's funny because as as they're saying that I can totally imagine this conversation because anybody and I, I guarantee you all of our listeners who, who has even one nerd friend has had an impassioned argument at some point in their life about some fictional character. And I, I can imagine that you put a room full of people who are very steeped in the source material, but also there's money on the line. Yeah, you know? And yeah. so it's like this combination of love for the material, but also in they're stuck in the room also with, you know, I assume a few of the writers are less familiar with the material. Certainly uh, several of the producers I'm sure that are in the room probably don't know it at all and are, are just kind of there to help out and sure, be sure. liaisons and everything. And right. so I can totally imagine somebody suggesting like, oh, why don't we just get rid of this? And then someone else being like, what? <laughs> and, <laughs> Oh, to be uh, a fly on the wall. <laughs> right. But I, I love that. That, uh, yeah. Well, what did you just Google a random yellow sister and pick one you like? Uh, yes. Uh, well said. So, I mean, and the thing that I guess I'll be curious to see is that when we actually get to see the show is kind of imagining the the arguments that led up to some of these changes. And also, I guess it it goes to show that when you're watching it, particularly when we're watching in this first season, when there's a change that you're like, oh, what's that going to do yeah, two or sure, three sure. seasons from now? They're going to have to have gamed it out. Just knowing that they have a, a pretty high level of understanding of the lore. So like if if they made a change that's going to have kind of a ripple effect down the road. It sounds like that they, they know are, what they're going to do. They're not going to pull a loss and be like, I don't know. We're going to figure yeah. it out as we go. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. I don't know where the polar bear came from, man. So was... <laughs> That's the bear. That's the bear the parents talking to. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, OK, just charge through that wood. I'm sure everything will be fine. You're not going to get shot by a handgun seven times. Put the polar bear um, in some armor. It'll just be it all fit. Together. Right. Yeah, it'll work. You can ride it, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> I want to see that movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, right. Well, apparently you're the only one because nobody went to go see the Golden Compass. I know. I know. And I, I really wanted to watch. I wanted to like the show, the new 
his dark material show. It's I don't know. I know some people are liking it. I do not love it. I liked the books a lot. Uh, I even like the new books, the, the new trilogy he's doing. I don't know. Shows is not doing it for me. Yeah. Re- readers, listeners, if you are uh, watching his dark materials and loving it, please tell me why. Tell me I should go back and watch it. I I will try again, but it's <laughs> just not. Question. Have you made changes that Hurt used to make but were necessary for the screen? Answer. The writer's room floor is littered with my tears. Truly, though, I don't want people to be unprepared for how different the show is to the books. To do a proper adaptation, it has to be. As a thought exercise, just imagine we can only do four of the cities from Eye of the World. So, from Emmonsfield, Terran Ferry, Berlon, Shadar Logoth, Whitebridge, Four Kings, Breen Spring... Camelin, Faldara, which do you choose? Thinking you can get rid of Brain Spring. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are the knock-on effects for character and story from the ones you don't go to? Which characters haven't met each other now, and how can you reconnect them? We have amazing writers and hugely helpful support from in Brandon and Harriet to get, tackle these changes, but they're not small. Gird your loins, my friends. Ah, <laughs> uh, fair enough. Yeah. This is the one that you start to feel the pain a little bit because yeah, you're like, yeah, you're like ah, this is going to happen. Yeah. yeah. I, and I, you know, I wonder for the vast majority of people who read these books, you know, years and years ago, are you even going to re- I mean, I didn't even remember Brain Spring and I'm rereading this dang book right now. Right. <laughs> like, as long as you, you hit some of the important ones, you know, you could potentially skip Terran Ferry. I don't think i'd care about that like we gotta have Emmonsfield, we gotta have camelin you gotta have shadar logoth other than that you know we can probably get by and a lot of people i mean faldara probably i maybe i just gave you the list like i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah i mean the events that take place at at white bridge are kind of important right but... right right but you could yeah you could do it somewhere else i mean yeah same thing with four kings i mean that's one of the first time ran channels but we don't even know that at that point and again could happen right, right. i had already forgotten that <laughs> yeah it's the lightning strike when they're yeah, you know, yeah, trapped by the thieves. yeah yeah and i mean and like you're saying for people who have even are are either just reading it casually or haven't read it in a while. I think there's a lot of these that you could s- skip over. But yeah, I mean, this is more just the kind of like if we were if we were talking Lord of the Rings, it's like Tom Bombadil is going to be cut, you know, which made total sense to yeah, be honest. Yeah, right. As you know, some Didn't people fit the rest of the book that much at all. Yeah, I mean, and some people were very understandably upset about that because he's a fun character and it's, it's a world building chapter. It's if, if you're, if you're really big into the lore, then it takes a lot away to not have him in there. But if you're really trying to focus on the story, as you tend to, when you're making a screen adaptation and less on just the, you know, lore and the themes and everything, then it kind of is like, well, it's really got to go. And I think that's kind of, part of part of what he's getting at here is it's like we just have practical things that we've got to consider you know obviously you you can't do every single location you can't do every scene and so right you know, it's it's gonna be tough uh okay so um here's the, here's the all-important question what made you change tom playing the uh liar this person said liar not harp so i'm not the only one right <laughs> i know they're basically the same thing uh changing it to guitar 
And so he says, Tom is a good example of changes made for the show. For one, I want characters to appear when we have the time to spend to properly introduce them and get enough scenes for them to attract a great actor for the role. Uh, you'll never see scenes on this show where four random people appear, say two lines and then disappear for seasons. Um, <laughs> right. Which we've talked a little bit about. Right. That. that could totally happen. And, yeah. and yeah, you know, as you say that, Elaine is making sense here. <laughs> right. So it uh, it just won't get you the caliber of actor you need, and it doesn't properly intro that character to the audience. So for Tom, we wanted to give him a proper introduction. We also wanted him to have a strong masculine energy that made a counterpoint to Moraine. Uh, we saw actors of all ages, races, and vibes to play Tom, but when... Alex, uh, he says Alex, so maybe I'll start calling him just Alex. Alex Williams or William, uh, I don't know. Tape came through. We knew he was Tom and moved towards his vibe for the character, which was younger and grittier than the book's Tom. The guitar much more fitting in his hands and with his voice than a liar. When he stomps onto the stage in the show, it's a moment. And that's when we want, uh, that's what we wanted for Tom. Never fear. Multicolored cloak is still in existence, but different than you imagine. Uh, Isis, our costume designer, nailed it. Uh, huh. I, it. You notice like Rafe likes to say, but it's different than you imagine. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like that's more, I guess, kind of, I don't know. I feel like that's almost a bit of insecurity with him, but sure, also sure. kind of saying like, I, I I don't know how you pictured it, but this is different than I pictured it. So it might be different than you pictured it too. Right. And it may be that uh, however it ends up looking, there may be people that no, that's exactly the way I pictured it. Well, it's good to to know that the multicolored cloak is still present. And, and actually Everything he said there made sense. I mean, I, I know people were talking about Tom and, and we had this whole discussion, I think, way back in our casting episode, like our second or third episode, where I was saying I didn't picture Tom as old, just as being kind of world weary and grizzled and kind of yeah, having yeah. gone, you know, have, having well, his hair turned white really as a young needs age. to not be old because he's going to get with Moraine at the very end of the show. So, you know, it needs yeah. to not be like. Exactly. And and I think I haven't heard people complain really about Alex, <laughs> um, his uh, uh, his casting. So I think mostly people get excited because everybody loves Tom. Yeah. And there was, of course, sure. that concern well, early on that uh, he might he might get cut. So right. and, I, and I do like the idea that it's like, yeah, you find a character who can play the guitar and sing. Well, yeah, cast that guy and have him play the guitar instead of trying to make somebody learn an instrument that nobody plays anymore in order to be accurate to the books. And it might not feel as real or come as natural. I can, you know, I, I think Tom with a guitar on his back is just as cool. If not, it, it's it's. It's it makes example. me think of The Witcher a little bit. I mean, obviously, it's a different kind of oh, type yeah. of adaptation, but just like how The Witcher did things that were sort of modernesque, modernesque in, in various ways. Maybe I'm just thinking of the music and how the music yeah. just was kind of catchy. And yeah, you, you could see how they're getting get, they're going to get go that riff on that a little bit, maybe. Yeah. Well, and that speaking of which makes me it does make me excited for whatever Tom sings and plays. I hope they have some really catchy things, you know, all the Jacko the um, songs. Shadows. Dance with Jack, yeah. Jack of the Shadows. 
Into the mist. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. All the jackos. Fair enough. <laughs> Point Jack of the mist. Jack of the mist. Uh, Jack. Jack. Uh, I don't know. All right. So one left here. Apparently was not part of the same Q and A. Later added on Twitter, but worth sharing from Twitter. How much of the monster trollic fade drag car design is being done practically versus digital effects? Mostly makeup and prosthetics. And with that, how closely does the design match the text? Totally smooth faces on fades, varieties of trollics, etc. Answer, we have worked hard to use as many practical effects and pieces as possible for trollics and fades, but don't want to spoil all the secrets until you watch the BTS after the first season developing. Additional questions and answers will be added as they come up. So, uh, you know, one of the things with this is as people have asked this question and he's kind of answered this question a few times where he's saying, well, we're trying to do as much as possible. I mean, I'm not going to tell you exactly what. And this time he adds, you watch the BTS, which is reminding us, yay, there's BTS stuff, which is always fun to watch. Yeah, for sure. But the, the thing that makes me wonder is like, you know, some people, when they hear something is going to be CG instead of practical, immediately go, well, then it's oh, going to no. suck. <laughs> yeah, it, it really just depends. There's CG has, uh, CG has come a long way, ladies and gentlemen. Well, and it also it, it's like who's doing it, how much they're spending on it, how much time they're spending on it. I mean, it it's you just look at, OK, like um the the CW Flash has um, a lot of dodgy CG, but they did a couple of things at the start of season one where they chose to spend time creating the entire city out of CG so they could do all of those swooping shots of right. him running through the city. Mm -hmm. And it looks like a real city for the most part. And also um, the show has heart. Yeah. <laughs> Until later yeah. seasons and it's really awful apparently. I I love that show, but it is so lame at the same time in it's a lot of a ways. It's a soap opera. It's a soap opera it's, with superheroes. All the CW I, superhero yeah, shows yeah, yeah. are. Oh yeah, yeah. It's for sure. Well, and that one especially, I mean, I love it. They even kind of make fun of themselves at some point when they're yeah. talking about like somebody walks out into a hallway and they're like, Oh, we're out here having our hallway chat and <laughs> Right. It's like predictably. It's always uh, so funny that they all have like a jail where they keep people for, you know. Right. Like, where do, do they go to the bathroom? Do they feed these people? <laughs> like, yeah. Just a that, bunch of skeletons sitting in these. Right. Oh, who cells. forgot to feed the prisoners? They're all dead. <laughs> Just detail. Hydration. Yeah. Details. I have the same questions. The mailbag. Um, Ray. We get we got we did get one email. Tip, uh, of course, we've been out for we the past have, month, which I, I'm sure you had a busy month. I had I, a busy I month. Definitely did. <laughs> Typically, we don't get mail when we're not podcasting. So right. I appreciated this um, one from Jim slash Robin slash Ibsen. Oh, Robin sent us an email. Cool. Yeah. Robin! <laughs> He says, hey, guys, been loving the podcast. It's been fun to go back through them with you guys. I'm a long term Wheel of Time fan, having gotten hooked in the mid in middle school when Tor published the first half of Eye of the World as a free book given away at Barnes and Noble. Hmm. So that was a while ago. Yeah. This is he says that was a great marketing strategy and reeled me in for the next 13 books. I've been catching up on your podcast and recently listened to the one of the Wheel of Time FPS. Uh, <laughs> So I played a ton of that game in college and the multiplayer was incredible. Uh, throwing on the fire shield, jumping in lava and then using the swap spell to trade places with another player. Nice. So much fun. Wow. Yeah. Rock on, man. That's super cool. 
I always, yeah, I, whenever I, I hear like another gamer talk about like their maneuvers, I'm like, I so feel that because, know, you know, right? we're all, we, we all know like it's gaming. It's, it's, it's only so impressive, but to another gamer, you're like, Hey dude, I know that feeling of like, when you hit that combo, just right. Perfectly, it's like, yeah. Yeah. Boom. I just, yeah, I did something cool there. He says, also, I enjoyed throwing an earthquake and then using whirlwind to hold someone so they couldn't get away. Nice. <laughs> um having played a ton of fps's i have to say it was the most fun and most innovative i've ever seen uh, the player base was never that large but we were tight if anyone out there remembers raven of the gray men says hi so i guess so. that was that was his name Wayne on there something like yeah. so also i wanted to share about the other even longer running wheel of time game this was interesting the Wheel of Time multi-user dungeon. What mud? Cool. Yeah, he says for the uninitiated, muds are entirely text-based games that have amazingly rich gameplay, both PK and RP. Uh, Watt Mud operates with the express permission of Robert Jordan and is free to play since '93. I know text-based games sounds nuts, but if you love Wheel of Time, it's worth checking out. You can find out more at wattmud.org and tell them Ibzon sent you. I B Z O N. Um, and he says, keep up the great podcast. Thanks again for the time you put into him for all of us. Super cool, man. Thank you for that. That's yeah, awesome. man. You know, I, I think I replied, as as I often say, I just appreciate it. It makes our day anytime we get these kinds of messages. You know, we're up to this point. We've chosen not to do Patreon or advertising and right, whatever. Right. And um so this is this is our payment. You know, like we said, Sam and I would probably be having some kind of conversation about these books yeah. in any way. I mean, we kind of just started talking about them. And that was when I was like, hey, we should just do a podcast. All right. <laughs> it, it makes the extra time of making the podcast happen uh, a lot more worth it. We know that there are people out there enjoying it. And we're def definitely going to have to check out that. Um, yeah, that, yeah, what, the mud. Yeah, mud. for sure. That's pretty cool. I didn't know that existed. So, Sam, that's uh, that's your assignment before the next. Uh... <laughs> Try out the mud. All right. All right. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll say before the March update because we may not do one in February since we're doing this right. one in the middle of the month. Cool. Um, All right. Yeah, sounds good. I'll do that. Alrighty. Awesome. Well, if you enjoy our podcast, please give us a rating review wherever you get your podcasts. Like Ravine, <laughs> please email us at stuff at tsmpodcast.com. You can visit our website at tsmpodcast.com. We have a contact form there. We'd love to have you fill it out. Say hello to us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all at Podcast TSM. Remember, that's Podcast TSM because if you do TSM podcasts, on Twitter, that's Thriving Sexy Marriages. If you want a thriving, sexy marriage, please check that out. Uh, right, really yeah. Important also. And we, had, we should contact them sometime because we've done a, a considerable amount of advertising <laughs> oh, for them. Right. <laughs> they probably have got some some Wheel of Time folks who are working on yeah. their marriages. You know? Right, yeah. Work on your Wheel of Time and work on your marriage. <laughs> right. The two keys of happiness, isn't it? Exactly. Thanks again, and Tyshar Manethrin.